if that makes sense, is made possible by Family Life, a ministry made possible by you. Would you consider supporting the show by sharing one episode with a friend or even making a gift at familylife.org? Find all the Family Life original podcasts at familylife.org slash podcast. Idols for us here, I think we battle more with idols of money or job mm. prestige mm -hmm. or how my house and family and kids and whatever the American dream type is. I think that more becomes our idol because, oh, yeah, God exists and he's out there, but I need to make this much money and have this kind of job by a certain age. You are listening to If That Makes Sense, a Family Life original podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. My name's Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. My name's Becky. I'm in Family Life's event department and development department. I'm Robbie, and I'm in the performing arts department. It's good to be back, guys. It's been mm -hmm. a little while. It's been a little while. It's been a little while. Well, what I'm really excited about is how we're approaching this next round of episodes because the show's always been about really the Bible and how it interacts with what we really experience in life. I mean, what life is really like, like we say most episodes. And this time around, we're kind of, you could say, putting the horse before the cart because that's where horses go. It's before the cart. Mm. We're following mm -hmm. the Bible's lead here. We're going through the book of Romans. And no, it's not a sermon series. None of us are pastors. But we are going to be looking at this book that the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament of God's Word. And we're just going to be going through the book, uh, sometimes chronologically, sometimes topically, and just letting what we see there in God's Word kind of inform how we're looking at the world around us today. So I'm really excited to be starting off with uh, a passage from chapter one. Robbie, could you take us into 18 to 23 here? All right, here we have 18 to 23. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Now, I know you really like reptiles, Robbie, but uh, making uh, graven images out of them, not a, not a good choice. No, not a good choice. So the they here, definitely Paul's talking about, well, I really think we can say all of us in some ways, but there's, there's a lot to be said here for each of us. Yeah, the one thing that uh, stuck out to me is right in the first verse, it says, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Um, and it jumped out at me because we all have that battle of, righteous versus unrighteous living and am I doing what is right versus what is wrong. And for me, it's always been, oh, when I do something wrong, I feel that shame and I feel bad and I feel that guilt. But this verse says that when I 
do that, I'm suppressing the truth. And just Mm. that image of, oh, like when I do the ungodly things or the unrighteous things, I'm actively suppressing the truth. Um, So that hit home, but it also gave me hope because that means, oh, well, if I'm suppressing the truth when I do that, then the way out of it is to elevate and lift up the truth. Mm. Um, So Mm. it just brought a whole new sight, I guess, to what that looks like when I do sin and I am doing ungodly things. It's, yes, it's bad and it's wrong, but there's also that hope of, oh, I can quickly switch that and quit suppressing the truth and raise the truth up. Hmm. And the word, like you're highlighting suppress, and that's true because it we do have to push it down if we're going to not hear our conscience. Mm-hmm. Like we already know what's wrong. We're suppressing the truth when we go ahead and do the wrong thing anyways. The conscience is something God's given everyone. Everybody sins and everybody has a conscience that tells them don't do that. Like the verse says here, we're suppressing the truth, all of us, believer or unbeliever, when we choose to sin. All of us have a conscience from God that works. But believers have, well, the Holy Spirit, who, even if we've dulled our conscience, can get a hold of our conscience. Something I've heard is a Navajo, Native American proverb or metaphor. And I've just heard this in illustrations. I can't verify it, but I, I really think it's interesting that they talk about the conscience in their culture as a triangle in the human heart, Mm. a little stone, Mm. a little triangular stone. And when you're a child, it starts out as a perfect triangle. Now, when you're an adult, it's a circle. Why is that? Because every time you lie or sin or cheat, that triangle turns just a little bit in your heart and you can feel it. Oh, it hurts. It pricks your heart because this sharp triangle is turning. But the more you do it over your life, the more it turns, it starts to rub off those edges to where yes. eventually the triangle mm-hmm. becomes a circle when you're a, if you've become a hardened adult. And then when that conscience spins in your heart, that little stone that was put there, you can't feel it anymore because mm-hmm. the edges are worn off. So first of all, wow, that's a weird image. That's a, second of all, it's a strong image. It's a strong image. It is. And it just goes to show this principle that it doesn't matter where your culture's from on this earth you know that there is something you are accountable to. You might not know it is the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, but we all have that, I'll borrow the image, we all have that little stone in our heart that turns. And praise God that those of us who know his word know where that stone is truly pointing to. It's pointing to Jesus. But even before we get to that point, God in his grace has given everybody that little that little reminder in our heart that's turning and pointing us to him every time we choose to go against his law and suppress it. People, even people know that God is there mm. from what was made. You know, so I'm looking at that from the sense of creation. You know, his mm-hmm. eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I mean, I even think of all these cultures where they worship the wind or they worship the sun or they right. they have this idea that there's the created thing is amazing and beautiful. And, you know, I, yeah, I love reptiles, frogs, fish, birds. Those are, you know, things I enjoy. And you look at how complicated they are and you just think an artist sculpted this living thing. Like it's so clear that something had to make it. And I feel like 
everybody has that sense, mm-hmm. but well, I don't want to necessarily, I don't really want to believe that there's a God because maybe then I'll have to be responsible for my actions or I'll have to believe whether he's good or bad or whatever. So I'll just kind of invent something else to believe in, even though I feel like in their inner being, they know, they know that there's something bigger. They either can't or don't fully want to grasp who that bigger thing is. So they, if you know, the Native Americans, well, we'll just worship the earth then. Yeah. Or or Egypt, you know, well, we'll worship the god of cats because they're so amazing. And, you know, like, <laughs> you want to worship something. Not and my so, first choice, though. <laughs> <laughs> Would not be my first choice. So and, I just think that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I wonder, too, if that's why when humanity chooses to worship something other than God, oftentimes they choose more than one God. Hmm. It's the God of the wind or the God of the sun or the God of the sea. And I wonder if that takes away some of the scariness and the fearful and the intimidation of, oh, well, there's multiple gods. I wonder if that takes away some of the the fear and the intimidation of one true God being all powerful and all creating and creating all of everything at once, if that's a harder concept too. And I think what I really like about what you're getting at there is something kind of you said too, Robbie, is why we suppress the truth about God, I do think is always going to come back to some idea of personal responsibility, whether it's inventing multiple gods so that there's not one big judge who we have to answer to, or it's denying that there's any God at all so that there's no such thing as a judge to answer to after our life here on earth is done. When we tell ourselves lies about where we came from, about what's coming next, how we got here, who's in charge. Whenever we're telling ourselves lies about that, I do think it has something to do with trying to escape a sense of personal responsibility. And we know that if there is someone more powerful than us out there, if there is someone who designed this whole thing, in the end, that's who we're going to have to answer to. And I really do think that in the strict sense, there are very... I. This is not research. It's just my intuition on this. Could be wrong. But I really don't think there are a lot of strict atheists. Right. You know, yeah. I know that the surveys will say one thing or another. Yeah, granted, I, I haven't talked to a lot of them myself. I'm not going to say I haven't talked to any. But I do think that people who really, truly don't believe that there is anything else out there. Even people that talk about just a higher power, I'd say, well, you're really not an atheist then. You're just (laughs) choosing a different name for the God thing. (laughs) Yeah. Many people in this country or around the world would say, oh yeah, I I believe in God. Like, I think you're right in saying, "Eh, I think there's pretty few atheists who's like, there's nothing else. There's Mm -hmm. at least like some other higher power. Or you're like, oh yeah, I I believe in God. He's the good man upstairs. You Mm -hmm. know, like there's, there's some sort of concept of, yeah, 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 I I'm not, I'm not an atheist. I believe there's a God, you know, somewhere, or I talk to him or whatever. But I think that's 21. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God mm. nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Mm. They claimed to be wise and they became fools <laughs> and exchanged the glory of God for, you know, the image of more. So I'm like, okay, well, we don't see as much of the idol worship literally bowing down to a statue, but because that's where they're starting from the standpoint of, oh yeah, he's there, but they don't worship him for who he is, they wind up becoming really foolish in 
every other area because where they started with, oh yeah, God's up there, and then never went deeper than that. Yeah. They, they didn't become wise, they became foolish. Yeah, I think we become like what we worship. And of course, that's the beautiful thing about being a Christian is our God is amazing. Worshiping our God is pretty awesome because he promises to make us more like him. Mm. But the same thing also goes the other way around when we worship false things, created things, or ourselves. And that just creates this, this feedback loop where our hearts, like you just pointed out from verse 21, our hearts are foolish and become darkened. And we can't even see anymore that we're starting to make so many mistakes. The God that we've invented today, in today's day and age, I would argue that, yeah, we don't maybe have reptiles uh, and and those kind of images we've made. I think we've made an image after ourselves. I think our own free will. You do you. You do what you want. I think the, the self ultimately is, is the God of the day that we're following today. And Actually, I, yeah. I think our idols for us here, because like Robbie said, we don't see a lot of the idols that are physically tangibly built that we bow down to, I think we battle more with idols of money or job mm. prestige mm -hmm. or how my house and family and kids and whatever the American dream type is. I think that more becomes our idol because, oh, yeah, God exists and he's out there, but I need to make this much money and have this kind of job by a certain age and all these checklists that we've created and now culturally follow, I think is more of what we're battling as far as idols. Yes, we'll have specific idols that each of us individually battle, but as a culture, I think that's more taken over than the physical idol that somebody cast out of gold. The American dream. I like that you even pointed that out because I think that's that's big and I get caught in that too. Like, oh, so oh, do I. My house and my aquarium and my... It's weird. I don't. I'm like, like, I'm fine. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Whoops, so, yeah, I it's totally so get that. It's so easy to Absolutely. put your faith in your American dream and mm. you've got your paycheck mm -hmm. and you've got your car and it's working today and you're glad about that and you've got, you know, it's like, yeah. man, it's, it's super, you know, we don't need them a lot of the time because I have what I need. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, it's so true. I'm really glad that you both took it to that because that's just the thing. Anytime we're reading God's word, we never get to stand back and say, look at those terrible people. If the Bible's talking about sinners, it's talking about us. Mm -hmm. I don't have a reptile God image that I bow down to, but I do have my own ways where I will submit. I will bow the knee to the American dream. I will bow the knee to a clean bill of health. I'll bow the knee to knowing that the bills are paid, you know. Uh, we want all those things to happen, right? We're, we're glad. We thank God when the bills are paid, when the health is good. But when we say, I'm not okay unless, I can't have peace unless, I can't praise you, God, mm -hmm. or, you know, just looking into your face undistracted unless this other thing is taken care of first, then bingo, you've got an idol on your heart. Mm -hmm. Well, I think here's the <laughs> interesting thing about doing this this way is, you know, you're dealing with a whole book. And so each book yeah, has book of Romans, chapters lot, lot there. and then but like, wow, it's all part. This book of Romans is part of the Bible, which goes from, you know, Genesis to Revelation. What I think is cool and especially about Paul's writing, which can sometimes be a little frustrating, is he, you know, he goes from thought to thought to thought to thought to thought. <laughs> 
And if you wind up in the middle of one of those thoughts, you have to be like, okay, but what were the first five thoughts that he had that led us to this conclusion? And I feel like you kind of have to back up the thought process. Mm -hmm. And so where we started today here in, you know, chapter one, verse 18, we started with the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and wickedness. And it's like, okay, yeah. So why is that the case? And then you, you continue down to 21. And we talked about, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God or give thanks to him. And so I feel like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, so why is the wrath of God here? It's because they didn't really believe that God was was God, the ultimate authority. Mm -hmm. And then that jumps down to the next one, which we're not going to get into, but therefore God did this thing. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, will tail off into the next podcast. But I feel like that's where you start with the wrath of God is being revealed because they're not starting with believing God. God is really is really God. Yeah. And when you don't start with that and you idolize the American dream or what society thinks of you, it it can very easily lead to some very devastating and poor mm-hmm. decisions. But that also creates a lot of hot topics between Christians and what we believe and what the Bible says and what the world says. Um, and one thing that comes to my mind is abortion. And mm-hmm. one of the common things that I've heard for a reason that someone has an abortion is because they got pregnant and it's not the right time for them. They're young. They don't have their college degree yet. They don't have a steady job. They don't have a house. They're still living with their parents. You know, they have all of these reasons of why they're not ready to have a child. And I think that's a good example of when someone, they recognize that God exists, but they're not honoring him and they're not following mm-hmm. him that right. easily allows evil to creep in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't imagine being in that situation and trying to make that choice. Um, so I'm not coming from a judgmental, critical point here. Um, mm-hmm. I just know that God loves all of us, but we have to make a choice on whether we're going to honor him or not honor him. And the way we get there, it, like we don't just wake up someday and decide mm-hmm. this is an okay thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even in your own personal life, you might not imagine that you'll be someday in a scenario where you have to make that choice. Or just as a society, we would have said many, many years ago, we would have said, well, of course, something like abortion is is wrong. Uh, and you know, I'm just saying, if you go back far enough, you'd probably find a much larger consensus that that's wrong. Very few people, comparatively fewer people would have been okay with it at some point in our country's past. Whereas today, it feels like the minority opinion, sometimes it'll feel like that, that we stand up for what's true and say, no, that's not the right decision to make. It's it's not okay for an innocent life to be ended in this way. Um, how do we get there? Well, we get there by little by little making those decisions individually and as a society, making those decisions little by little to put a God over God. And that's how our conscience collectively gets dulled little by little as we are suppressing the truth and elevating other gods to where at one point it would have been unthinkable to say it's okay to take this innocent life. And now that feels like oftentimes that's the majority opinion that that's okay if that's where your circumstances lead you. We got to say, no, that is 
That is not where following God gets us. That's only where we get when we follow gods of our own making, just like Romans is saying here. And um, I guess that's what I love about Romans. Like just having this conversation here today, guys, and hearing some of the things that come up. We're talking about what we see in our own lives. We're talking about what we see in the world around us. And we're also talking about, oh yeah, what Paul saw in the world around him 2,000 years ago. Romans is such a universal book. It's such a timeless book. Paul's talking, and this is really, the Bible is a universal and timeless book. But sometimes you've got to to do a little more work to see how it applies to today. Man, I just feel like Romans at every turn is jumping out and having something to say for our world or for our life individually. So that's why I'm super Mm -hmm. excited to keep going with the rest of the season where we're just gonna be looking at what the book is saying and then bam, directly how it's talking to our lives and the world around us at the same time. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.